Welcome to the Near Church Podcast. This week's message starts now. Psalm 37, verse 18, and when you're there, say amen. The Bible says this, day by day, the Lord takes care of the innocent and they will receive an inheritance that lasts, somebody shout forever. They will not be disgraced in hard times, even in famine. They will have more than enough, but the wicked will die. The Lord's enemies are like flowers in a field. They will disappear like smoke. The wicked borrow and never repay. How many of you know people like that? And the godly, but the godly are generous givers. How many of you know some people in the room like that? I do. Verse 23, the Lord, those the Lord blesses. Here, go back one verse. Sorry, I got ahead of myself here. The Lord, those who he blesses will possess the land, but those he curses will die. This Lots of extremes here. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by the hand. One more verse. I was once young, and now I am old, yet I've never seen the righteous, the godly abandoned, nor their children begging for bread. I want to preach to you this morning the phrase that God spoke to me, and it's this, no more famine. No more famine. Give three people a high five and say, there is no more famine. No more famine. Come on, no more famine. Father God, thank you so much for the anointing that's in the house today. God, I thank you for all you're doing. I thank you that your word is going to go forth and it's going to accomplish everything you sent it to do. May we have ears that will hear and receive this revelation of no more famine. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody shouts. Hey, oh, come on, shout it out. Amen. You may be seated. But on your way down, just tell somebody else, no more famine. No more famine. Thank you, Pastor Jordan. No more famine, no more famine. So often in our lives, we all have to go through tough times. And I think today, if we were being honest, we would recognize that our nation is in a tough time. I'm not here to preach politics today because Democrats and Republicans accomplish very little. The true political system that I live in and abide by is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is king, and he's the one that's really ruling things. Amen. So I'm not here to talk politics today, but we can have an honest conversation and talk about the place that our nation is in. We are in one of the worst economic times since maybe the Great Depression, some economists say. It's amazing how you go to the grocery store, and in 2020, I mean, you could feed so many people for $100, and today it's like a bag of Grippos and a thing of eggs. How many of you know what I'm talking about? All the people that actually do the shopping in the house. It's hard. It's hard. And if we're being honest, it's not just in economics either. It's the spiritualness of our nation. The moment that our nation decides to uphold 
things that are against God's word, we have entered into a wilderness season. We've lived in a place where pride is exalted. Sin is exalted. You're quiet this morning already on me. All of these things that God's word has taught us to stay away from. You see, God doesn't tell us to not do things because he wants us to miss out, but because he loves us. He says, I've called you out. I've separated you. You are my ecclesia or my church, which literally means called out ones, which means we're not supposed to be like the world. We're not supposed to act like the world. We're not supposed to talk like the world. Come on, somebody. We don't need cussing, sipping saints. Amen. Come on, somebody. We don't need people that are looking like everybody else. Now, listen, I'm, I'm wearing my chain and my Carhartt shirt and my Jordans this morning, but I, I, I don't act like the world. Come on, somebody. I don't act like the world. I'm living righteously. But if we're not careful... We will buy into the fact, because this is the place we're in, that things will always be this way. And if you're not careful in your own life, let's put America aside for a second. Maybe you're in a situation today to where you have bought the lie that things will always be this way. So I got a myth for you today. Things will always be this way. We believe that things don't change, that we get stuck in a place and we are called to live there forever. Now, God does ordain wilderness seasons and God does ordain famine moments. You're quiet. He ordains these seasons, but you and I are not meant to live there. The Bible says that the spirit of the Lord drove Jesus into No, it says the throne, right? No, it does say the wilderness. It says he took him into the wilderness, but after the moment was over, the same spirit that led him into the wilderness and a time of spiritual famine where he didn't eat for 40 days and 40 nights. You know you're hungry when stones start looking like bread. Come on, somebody. Have you ever done an extended fast? And you just dream about food every single night? I've had dreams about little Debbies that were 10 feet tall. When I was on fast, I don't dream like that normally. I know I'm heavy, but don't judge me. Come on, somebody. But the same spirit that drove Jesus into the wilderness also brought him out. But if we're not careful, when God brings me into a famine season... We have learned to live there. We said, man, I need to order some stuff from Ikea. I need a dresser from Ikea. It's going to take me 10 days to build with no instructions. Come on, somebody. And we set up camp in the very place that was only meant to be a moment of testing. So if you're taking notes this morning, write this down. Famine is a test. Famine is a test. And in the place we are in, in our country and and in the church right now, there is a famine, not only of money, but also of the spirit of God. The word declares to us that there will be a time coming 
where there would be a famine of the word. Aren't you glad it's not that way here at Near Church today? Aren't you glad today that we don't have a famine of God's spirit? We don't have a famine of his presence. You come in here every week and experience the, the spirit of the living God. But there is a famine in our land, but it's a time of testing. Who do you call out to when famine shows up? Who do you call out to when famine shows up? Because who you call out to shows you who you really put your faith and trust in. Do I trust the spirit that led me there or do I trust my own feelings and abilities? Because it would be easy to get into a famine season and say, that ain't God, and walk right out and miss everything that God has for you. Here's what I've learned about times of testing. God will often send you back when you haven't passed the test. And I have lived in a perpetual season of famine and testing before because I refused to allow God to do the work in my heart. This is a season of famine, a season of famine. And maybe someone in the room this morning can identify with what I'm talking about. You've had a famine in your money. You've had a famine in your relationships. You've had a famine in your marriage. Who am I talking to today? You've had a famine with your kids. They've just been crazy and you can't even explain it. Like, did they get demon-possessed or something and I didn't know it? Oh, you're quiet today. A famine of wanting to go to church? Preach. You used to want to come. You used to love to be here. Come on, somebody. You used to love to be in his presence. You used to love to get up early and pray. You used to love to read his word. You used to love to give and be generous. But now you're so stingy with your time and your money and your relationships because you shut everybody off because you've stayed in famine longer than you were supposed to. But famine's just a test. And if you're not careful, because I know people get caught in the idea and the, the mindset of poverty, poverty syndrome, where they think it's always going to be this way. I'm always going to be stuck. Yeah. Have you ever felt that way? Yeah, yeah five of you. Have you ever felt stuck? Yeah. I have. I felt stuck in money things. I felt stuck in wounds. Well, you, did, you, you weren't trying to hurt yourself. Somebody else stabbed you in the back, and you're just stuck in it. Preach, Pastor Andrew. And now you're stuck in a situation that you didn't even choose. But God says in his word, day by day, the Lord takes care of his people. I may have sent you to the wilderness. I may have sent you to a time of famine, but I declare over you that I'm taking care of you, that I've not left you alone in your famine season. 
that I've sent you there and I will take care of you. I will guide your steps. I will push demonic forces out of the way. I hear David declaring that every trap in front of me, an angel lays something over it so I don't fall because I will not die. Can I tell you today, you weren't meant to live in famine and you won't die there either. It's just a test. Somebody say it's just a test. It's just a test. I'm not going to die here. I'm not meant to live here. It's a test. Famine's a test. What do you do? Have you ever been in a season where money was so tight that you had to get creative? Like how, I think I mentioned this last week. I'm just trying to help somebody. How many meals can I make with rice and beans? Stop buying meat and put your money in seasonings. Come on, somebody. A tip for all the people out there that did not raise your hand when you said, I'm a chef. Learn to season your food. This is why white people food is terrible. Come on, somebody. We got to do better. We get you some Cajun seasoning and let God use you. Come on, somebody. Come on. Paul said, I, I, I shook the snake off in the fire. Shake that shaker into that pot and let God use you. But seasons like that will make you creative. How far can I stretch my grocery budget? And seasons of famine do the same thing. Oh. God says, how far can I stretch them? Oh. How far can I push them to the limit? To where they still realize that I'm faithful. Ah, come on, somebody. They still realize that I'm going to provide for them, even though the bill is due in five minutes and the money isn't in my bank account right now. And I'm just, I've been faithful to God and I'm believing for a miracle. Come on, somebody. Famine is a test. It's a test. Touch your neighbor and say, famine's a test. It's a test. And baby, you're going to pass the test because of today. I said, you're going to pass the test because God's going to give you the wisdom and the strategy to pass the test. Famine's a test. But if we're not careful when we get in famine, we'll learn to live there and get complacent in famine. I know a lot of people that are still living in a famine from 20 years ago. And they blame everybody else for their problems. How many of you know somebody like that? Well, if Susie hadn't taken my bingo card when I was 17 years old, I mean, just stupid stuff. Can I tell you today, get over it. And I'm not saying that rude. I'm saying that let God heal you and get over it. Quit being offended at people and get over it. Quit being offended that the person didn't text you back. Maybe they forgot. Maybe they're like me and have an Apple watch and sees it on the watch and then does this and forgets to respond. Maybe they're not bad people. They just forgot. Let's get over it. Quit living in famine with a famine mindset. Come on. And if we're not careful, we will come out of the famine still in famine. 
This is what happened to the children of Israel. This is why it took 40 years in a wilderness. Why did it take 40 years? Because they were out of Egypt, but Egypt was not out of them. They're still constantly looking over their back. When's Pharaoh going to show up? When am I going to be put back in my chains? Keep my stuff to myself. That's why the Lord said, you can't take the manna except for today. Because they were going and they were hoarding manna. Because they were still living in a slavery mindset. I'm preaching better than your amen to me this morning. Come on. Because I'm going to hoard all my stuff together. I'm going to hoard my time. I'm going to hoard my relationships, hoard my money. I'm going to hoard this fresh revelation from God. I'm hoarding the manna because I don't trust God for tomorrow. I, I only trust him for right now. Nah, come on, somebody. I've watched God do miracles over the last month. I, I've just, my mind has been blown that I've seen God do miracles for others. And I've thought, wow, look at what God can do. He can do it for me too. Stop hoarding manna. Come on, stop hoarding manna. Stop acting like Pharaoh's still chasing you. He died in the Red Sea, y'all. Can we, can we get that in our mind for a second? Some of y'all still acting like you're addicted. You're not addicted anymore. That thing drowned in the Red Sea 10 years ago. You're free. I said, you're free. Come on. You're free. And if I'm in Christ, I'm free indeed. I don't have to live with a famine mindset anymore. Now, Here's the next question. So number one, famine is the test. Number two, when I get to famine, do I fight or flight? Do I say, this isn't for me. I refuse to follow God's will. I refuse to surrender to everything God has. Because listen, the only way that God will use you and bless your life is if you say, I'm willing to be developed by the potter. So am I going to stay and fight this out? Or am I going to run away? God's called me to live in famine for a season. But I'm going to leave and go to McDonald's for a 20-piece nugget and a basket of fries. Come on, y'all. I heard this week on the topic of nuggets that Wendy's has a 50-piece nugget. You're welcome, Wendy's. Am I going to stay where God called me to stay? Or am I going to do what I feel like I need to do? Because there, there's been moments where Pastor Faye and I have been like, okay, what do, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? Let's sell this, 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 this. And I'll hear the Spirit of God say, I didn't tell you to do that. Come on, come on, come on. Yeah. I didn't tell you to do that. So am I going to stay and fight this out? Or am I going to leave everything God has for me? I've watched people abort their purpose and destiny 
because a season of famine was too challenging for them to submit to. I've watched people's marriages fall apart because they refuse to say, we're in famine, but we're going to stick this out. Come on. I've watched people preaching this pulpit abort their destiny because they refuse to trust God and fight for their destiny in a season of famine. I don't know about you today. I, I plan on fighting this thing out with every breath in my body. Come on, somebody. I will not give up. Some of you in this room today have been so close to giving up, but I hear the spirit of God saying today, don't you dare. Don't, because you know what we say? Have you ever said this? They're like, I feel like I, I've hit the limit. Or maybe you said, I have come to the end of myself. I can't do anymore. You know what God says? Good. About time, Shanaynay, come on. About time you submitted to me and stopped trying to do it yourself. Some of y'all do need to quit. <laughs> Some of y'all do need to quit, but you don't need to quit on God. Quit trying to make a way for yourself. Go back to last week's message and learn to rest in the purposes of God. If he said he'll do it, he will do it. Because he is not a man who can lie. He is God and what he says is truth and it's the word. And if he said it, he will perform it. Quit trying to make a way for yourself. Just submit to God and watch him do it on your behalf. Quit trying to make your own way. God says, I don't need your help. I've got this myself. I've got it myself. So I have to learn this is number two, to fight with my destiny in the middle of famine. There were so many moments in 2022 where I looked at her and said, I am done. I'm done. Close the church down. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Can I tell you, it's okay to feel that way. You have permission to have feelings. Listen to me today. You have permission to have feelings, to feel things. God made you that way. But you don't have permission to live out on your feelings. It's okay if you feel like quitting every once in a while. If you feel like quitting all the time, I think... You need to go on a fast. Come on, somebody. Break some things in your life. But if you have moments where it's like, I feel like quitting today, that's okay. It's okay. The Bible says that God literally bottles every single tear that you cry. God's okay if you feel feelings. But do not walk by your feelings. Walk by your, your faith. And so we have to learn not to run away when God says, I'm going to bring you into a moment of testing and famine and lack. And some of y'all are like, God doesn't do that. 
God would never put me in a situation where I have to learn about lack. Go to the book of Genesis. God shows Pharaoh a dream. Joseph interprets, what is it? I'm going to send the people into seven years of famine. But before I do, there will be seven years of plenty, abundance. Y'all know your Bible, that's good. I'm going to prepare you for the famine ahead. But I will put you in a famine to see what you do with the famine. Are you with me this morning? And so we have to learn to wrestle with purpose and destiny in a moment where I don't feel called. If you ever stand by me in worship, there's a moment usually in the second or third song where I'm up here talking to myself. Y'all laughing because it's weird, right? I'm up here talking to myself. And what I do is I say, you are called. You are chosen. You have a weighty word from God. You have all of heaven behind you. There's these things that I say, and I, I declare them over myself. I'm like getting my head in the game. You know what I mean? So I'm not worrying about the finances and the person that didn't show up. And Come on, somebody. The person that hasn't been in six weeks. That, that's all the things that are going through a pastor's head before he comes up to preach. So I got to get my head in the game. And I've had to learn that even when I don't feel it, I'm going to fake it till I make it. Now, I'm not talking about being fake. Please don't be fake. God don't bless fake. But it's the kind of fake that David declares. He says, I encourage my self in the Lord. Well, they haven't texted me in four weeks. Encourage yourself. Learn to wrestle with destiny yourself. And this is where people get it wrong because what they've learned to do is they pull themselves out of the ground when God said, I've called you to stay put and be planted. Because, catch this, even planted things go through seasons. Just because you're planted, I hope this is helping you today. Just because you're planted doesn't mean everything will be perfect. There will be moments where you're like, I need water. Have y'all seen that funny meme of our former president, President Trump? Help, I need water, help, I need water. You should look it up, it's super funny. But that's what we act like. There will be moments where you're doing everything right. You're, you're tithing, you're attending, you're giving, you're, you're being generous, you're praying, you're reading your Bible, you're being a good husband, you're being a good wife, you're doing everything you're supposed to do, yet there is a famine all around you. Pastor, I don't know how to shake this season. Don't. If God brought you there, there's a purpose in it. If God brought you there, 
There is a purpose in it. Can, can I give you another revelation? Even if you brought yourself there, oh, God still has purpose in it. Because how many of you have brought yourself to a wilderness in a famine? I have with stupid decisions. And God's like, all right, he brought himself into the famine, but let's use it anyway. Come on. Aren't you glad today that God even uses your mistakes for a famine season and says, I'm going to use it to change you and make you look more like my son. So here's the word. This is point number two. Stay planted. Fight for your destiny. Fight for your purpose. Don't run away when famine shows up. Don't run away when famine shows up. It's a test and it has purpose in it. Now, Let's go through this verse by verse today. You ready for that? Somebody say, I'm ready. Shout, I'm ready. I'm ready. Day by day, verse 18. I love this. If you don't get anything else out of my message today, this verse is just amazing. And there is a fly that has been fighting me up here, y'all. Not today, Beelzebub. Come on. Day by day, the Lord takes care of the innocent and they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. An inheritance, eternal inheritance. You're in a famine right now. Let's just talk about finances for a second. Now, I'm not a prosperity preacher if it's your first time here, but I do believe God wants to cause you to prosper. That's biblical. I'll show you all those verses. Go back to money is evil, the the myth a few weeks ago. But I do want you to know that God wants you to prosper. He does. He wants to give you an inheritance. He's not only, watch this, I'm going to take care of your day to day. And I'm also going to give you something that is eternal. Not only will I provide your needs here in the moment, manna for today. But I'm also giving you something that you don't even recognize. It's an inheritance. How do you get an inheritance? You have to be labeled in the kingdom as a son or a daughter in the kingdom. The only way through inheritance is through relationship. Okay, now go to verse 19. They will not be disgraced in hard times. I know there's been times where it's been hard for us and I felt judged by everybody. Yet nobody really knew what was going on. It's all in your head. You ever walked into a restaurant and you have just enough money? Let's go back to Wendy's for a second. I'm not hungry for those of you that are thinking that. I've got a lasagna at home that's going to rock my world today. Come on, somebody. I'm just ready for it. But I've got enough money to go to Wendy's and get a four for four biggie bag. Come on. Have you ever had to pay for a meal with change before? I remember I was 18 years old. Traveling evangelist. There was one time I preached somewhere and they gave me a $3 offering. Didn't even cover my gas on the way there. Come on, somebody. It was good. There was one time they didn't even give me an offering. I said, well, praise God. 
It's all good. And there was this one friend that had been helping me. He had been taking me places and we've been going and preaching together. I said, man, I just want to treat you to a meal. I felt like I needed to. And so we went to this place and I realized that I wasn't very smart. I didn't, I didn't realize that I literally had no money. And I promised this guy after Sunday night church, that's where real anointing happens, y'all. Meals after Sunday night church. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? That service is wild and then you go eat and it's wonderful. And I said, we're going to go eat. And I didn't realize there's nothing in my pockets. And so I had this jar at home and I went home and I counted my quarters and I found $25 worth of quarters. Look at me, y'all. And so instead of going to Coinstar and Kroger, because they were going to take a percentage of my money. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. I took my Ziploc gallon-sized bag of quarters. And I looked at my friend and said, you get $12. I'll spend eight and the rest will go to a tip. He said, okay. And so I went up and they gave me the bill and it was literally like 25 cents short of what I had. So it was like perfect. So I went out in my car and grabbed an extra quarter and I took the Ziploc up to the front counter, proud, and I slapped it down. They said that would be $25. I said, all right, clank. And I sat there and counted out four, four, one, two, three, four, five. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's okay. God says you may be going through a hard time, but you're not disgraced in it. Get this today. You may be going through a season of famine, but God says it does not define your value of who you are. I feel like preaching today. You are not less because you're making less right now. You are not less because you are struggling right now. God says even in famine, they will have more than enough. Even in a hard time, they will have more than enough. I may be in a famine right now and paying for Skyline Chili and quarters, but baby, I still paid for it. I still ate. I still had a full belly because God said even even in famine, you will not die here. You will make it through. Famine is not the end. It's not final. I dare you to give God a clap and a shout of praise if you believe it today. I said famine's not final. There's a feast in the middle of the famine. And that's why David said he prepares a table for me. Help me out. In the presence of my enemies. He prepares a table for me. Baby, I may be eating rice and beans right now, but I'm still eating. I may be in a famine right now, paying with quarters, but I'm still eating. I will not die here. I will not lose here. God has me. Where are you at today? If there's anybody in the house who's going through it right now, I dare you to give him 10 seconds of praise like you believe it. Even in famine. Woo. I said even in famine. Get up and give three people a high five and say even in famine. Come on. Get your exercise in. Slap somebody and say even in famine. Even in famine. Oh. Even in famine, 
I will not die. I want you to hear me today. You will not die in this season. You will not lose in this season. God says you you may be barely making it, but I will bring you through. You may not be able to pay your bills in this moment, but I will bring you through. Breakthroughs on the way. I said breakthroughs on the way. There may be seven years of famine, but there is coming a moment of abundance, says the Lord. You will not lose here. You will not hear me in the house. You will not die in famine. But verse 37, but the wicked, go to verse, sorry, verse 20, but the wicked will die. The wicked will die, which means the righteous can't. (laughs) I'm sorry, y'all. I'm excited and yelling and sweaty and screaming today. The wicked will die. The Lord's enemies are like flowers in a field. They disappear like smoke. I know they're talking bad about you and you want to get on Facebook and defend yourself. Stop. Hear your pastor. Wisdom from God. God will shut the mouths of the lions for you. Preach Pastor Andrew. I know they're talking about you and you know all their dirty secrets and you can make them look bad. Keep that to yourself. You are not the judge. God is. It's funny how people that come against God's people suddenly just disappear. I don't mean literally. (laughs) It's like the anti-rapture, right? I'm going to pull all of the wicked. No. But suddenly they, they're not in the limelight anymore. And suddenly they don't have the position anymore. They disappear. Go to verse 21. The wicked borrow and never repay. But God's people, the godly, are generous givers. I love that the psalmist puts this in while talking about a season of famine. Even in famine, God has called you to be generous. Because go to the next verse. Is this helping you this morning? Those the Lord blesses will possess the land. Will possess the land. God says, I know I've got you in the wilderness and in famine to get Egypt out of you. But I will put my blessing on you. And when I do, you will possess the land. And those he curses will die. The Lord directs the steps. Next verse. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Put that on your refrigerator. Put that on a note card in your car. The Lord directs the steps of the godly and he delights in every detail of their lives. God cares about your details. I said, God cares about your details. This is a hard revelation to learn because God is so big and so mighty and so powerful. It's like, does God really care? Yes, he does. 
I said, yes, he does. He cares. He cares. And he's directing my steps, even in a famine. Verse 24, though they stumble, though they stumble, Look at somebody and say, though you stumble, though you stumble, though you stumble, yes, you got yourself in the debt. It's your fault. Yes, you put yourself in this situation. It's your fault. Who am I talking to? Yes, your marriage is at the place it's at, not because of your spouse, but because of you. Though the righteous stumble, you're going to stumble. Especially in famine. Have you ever tried to do something physical when you haven't eaten? You stumble around. You ever had a sugar drop? Who knows what I'm talking about? You'd be shopping in Meyer, and all of a sudden, the sugar drop. And you go open a pack of crackers and just start munching on them. Come on. <laughs> though they stumble, though they drop the ball, though they fail, I love this, they will never, never fall. Write this one and put it on your fridge, too. This is so powerful. Though they stumble, they will never fall. Why? Because I've got the 401k to back me up. Because I got the systems in place to back me up. Because I got the community of people to back me up. No. For the Lord holds them by his hand. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what you're going through. But the Lord put this scripture in my heart and he says, I'm holding you with my hand. Here's the beautiful thing about falling. As long as I fall in his hand, I'm still in his hand. As long as I stay in his hand, I can stumble and still be in his hand. Man, that's powerful, y'all. Yeah. Though they stumble, they will never fall for the Lord holds them by his hand. One more verse and we're done. Once I was young and now I'm older. I'm going to say that about myself today. <laughs> I was young. Now I'm older. Yet in all of my age, I've never seen the righteous abandoned, nor his seed, his children, begging for bread. There have been moments where money was tight for us. And Pastor Faye would say something like, I just hate it for our babies. You know what I mean? I just hate it for our babies. And God always brings this verse back to me. And you can ask her. 
I'll be like, yeah, it's hard and I hate it for them too, but they're not in the streets begging. I've never seen the righteous abandoned. How can I go through famine and not feel abandoned? Because th this is so powerful about the Lord. You still with me? Will you give me five more minutes? Come on, five more minutes? What we have to learn about the Lord is he is a sustainer. Come up here, Pastor Jordan, real quick. A little sermon illustration. There's something when you play the piano called a sustain pedal. Now, if I play something, if I play a note, to keep my finger on it I have to hold the note in order for it to continue to go now y'all aren't thinking about this while worship's going on you're just like oh dear Jesus I love you <laughs> but in the mind of a musician you're thinking how am I going to get this melody to continue to go now the problem is that I literally have to keep my finger on it in order for the note to continue. And that's how some of you are living right now in this season. I, if, I, if I just keep my finger on the note, I got this. I, I got this. Oh. Sounds dumb, don't it? Right? And you end up making mistakes because you're trying to hold the one note and you're having to put in more effort. Are you tracking with me here? To, to get the one note to stay and you sound terrible. <laughs> and some of y'all in a season and you don't have no friends and it isn't because God separated you, it's because you're nasty right now. You sound like this. When you were meant to sound like this, that's why the sustain pedal was invented. Now, let's do it now. Play that note now. You press the note, I'll do it. And you let go. What is it doing? The sustain pedal is taking the note that you only have to press for a small amount of time and taking it and extending it. This is what we have to learn about the Lord. He will take my little and sustain it. Come on, somebody. Instead of me having to crunch the numbers every second, come on, somebody. This is what my budget is. Okay, Lord, it's yours. This is what my marriage is. Okay, Lord, it's yours. Because when you sustain something, you step back from it and say, the pedal is now going to do the work. Come on, are you with me? The pedal is now going to do what my hand could have been doing. You're so quiet today. Handle it, Lord. 
handle it. I trust you. I trust that you're going to sustain the note. God, God, I trust you that you're going to sustain me through this season. Now, we've already said this season isn't forever. Get that in your head today. And if you don't believe that, be free from it in Jesus' name. Famine's not forever. You will come out of it. But until I come out, I trust you, God. I don't see it, but I trust you. I don't understand the pain, but God, I trust you that you're going to sustain me through it. God, don't just take me out of it. Take me through it. Come on, somebody. Don't, don't just deliver me. Deliver me through it. I'm willing to go through the fire as long as there's a fourth man there and I come out without anything on me. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed on Scottsville Road begging for food. God is my sustainer. Come on, somebody declare that. Say, God is my sustainer. No more famine. You don't have to stay in famine when God leads you out. My dad just moved here yesterday, which is so awesome. I've been praying for it since 2016, and my mom is coming in three weeks. And my sister and her new husband are here, and eventually they're going to obey God and move down here too. I'm kidding but for real. And it was amazing because we've had tons of conversations and the conversation was always like probably in like three to five years. Yet God, one thing by one thing, began to move mountains out of the way. It's funny what happens when you let God sustain you. God, you got this. You don't have to live in famine. No more famine. Hey listener, thanks for tuning in to the Near Church Podcast. You can give online, fill out a virtual connection card, Plan your visit and more by texting the words near church to 94000 or by visiting us online at www.nearchurch.co.